Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Penny. Hi, I'm Beck. We both live in Australia, we love learning languages and we love chatting to each other about it. Thanks for coming along to another episode of Language Chats. Um, in today's episode, we're going to talk about using our language skills in the workplace. And our very own Beck is our interviewee, I suppose, tonight. And we're going to be talking to you, Beck, all about your experiences with using your French. Okay. Yay. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of our listeners know that you have been learning and speaking French for a long time since you were a student. Yep. Um, and last year, you were lucky enough to get a new job at the Alliance Française in Melbourne. Um, and I think we'd just love to know how the experience is getting to use your French in the workplace on a daily basis and with your colleagues. Um, how's it been the last, I guess, six, seven, eight months or so? Yeah, it's been very cool, actually. Um, I feel like there was a lot. There was a lot in that. <laughs> where there do was. I? I where do I even down, begin? I? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it's been it's been very cool. I think um, as somebody who really loves learning and using other languages, I actually never really expected myself to be in a position where I would be able to use another language for work. I realise that that now sounds quite strange, and it and it feels a bit weird because now I can. I really, I really enjoy it, um, and I enjoy being able to use another language for work. But um, it's been a long time up until that point where I don't think I ever would have thought I would use um, a language other than English for for my work. So that has been a really cool thing to to happen. A bit of a mind shift, I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess it goes along with what was happening in your life as well over these last couple of years with the regular endings and language lovers yeah um and all these other cool things that you've been working on and discovering and now getting to use um your language skills at work is I guess maybe an extension of all that yeah exactly it was I mean I I guess um I got to, I probably got to a point where I where I realized that languages could be a part of my work and and the reason I say it sounds it sounds a bit weird saying that now and people always talk about you know wouldn't it be great to and in all of the reasons that learning languages is good which we know there are many um people often say oh well one day you might be able to use it for your work like it could be a really good skill to put on your resume um and I think you know that 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 is true absolutely like having it having a second language or, or multiple languages is a great thing to have on your resume and to be able to say that you 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 have as as a skill but especially in Australia if you unless you're considering moving somewhere else um i don't think that here in Australia it's seen as a you know it's it's not necessary for the vast majority of <laughs> the vast majority of jobs to speak another language it's kind of a, a nice to have and, and, a, and a fun fact, but, um, you know, you rarely need it here in Australia for, for work. 
Um, and so that's probably why it is so surprising to, to like to me, uh, just to look at myself now and be like, oh, actually, yeah, I get to use that and that's really cool. Um, because unless, yeah, unless I, you know, you plan to travel overseas and work somewhere else where you might need a language or maybe somewhere where you find yourself surrounded by lots of people who do speak different languages all the time. Like I guess in Europe in particular, like you might find yourself um, working in different places where there are people from the surrounding countries who speak different languages and they may use a, a lingua franca like like English um, or or another language um, and then language skills really really come into play but here in Australia that's just not quite the same. Yeah no you're right and I think maybe that's why it it does feel all the more you know amazing and, and good on you for, for having that you know opportunity and taking making the most of it. How do the practicalities work in a, you know, in the office? Do you guys operate, you know, on a bilingual um, kind of policy or is it predominantly French? And, you know, how do things like emails work? Do you email in French? <laughs> so, um, good question. Um, it's kind of, it's a bit of both. So, um, obviously it depends what you do and who you're talking to. Um, I guess in our office, uh, almost everyone is at least bilingual or, or close to so um even with, like there are quite a few of us who are Australians or, or just people who aren't like native French speakers um and I think almost all of us speak like speak functional French um and you know there, there are a couple who are sort of learning French or sort of getting there so um it's it's very much a, a workplace where Things just tend to be in both languages a lot um, and we just kind of move interchangeably between English and French frequently. Um, so it it's might just... like your own little mini Canada or something. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, sort of. Like it's, it's um, yeah, it's very sort of free in that way and it just, sometimes it just like it depends, yeah, it depends definitely who you're talking to. Like I know usually if I was if I'm talking to somebody who is French, we'd probably mostly speak in, in French. But having said that, I know there are other people who are French people who I speak to mostly in English as well. But it just, um, I think it just depends. It depends on the day, depends on the time. Sometimes as an Australian who doesn't speak French as a native language, sometimes when I just have, if I don't have the vocab for what I'm trying to say, <laughs> then I might just have to switch into English to make sure I'm clear. Um, yeah. And that's also okay because... You know, it's it's mainly, I guess, for for me, it's like this awesome like practice opportunity every day. So I have I all these imagine. I have all these opportunities to be able to practice with people. I don't really have to. Like I could speak in English all the time, and that would be fine. Everyone would understand me. Um, but it just it's just so many so many moments all of the time where I get to try and use my French, um, and even when. I will get things wrong, which happens all the time. Um, it's still a good opportunity to try and to learn new things too. No, oh, that sounds great. How, how do you think the, I guess, your colleagues that have got, um, I guess, that more work in progress French level, yeah. how do you think they go with, with managing their language in the workplace? Uh, I think it look pretty good. I mean, everyone's really understanding. And the cool thing is that we're surrounded by teachers all the time. Um, so, um, that's true. <laughs> a lot of what we do is, is teach classes. So, um, that's, 
it's actually kind of it's a very like welcoming environment people aren't aren't judgmental in any way about your your level of um of french um and they're nothing but encouraging to be honest so i think even for people who might have a have a lower level um everyone's always willing to help you out which is really which is really cool um and it does mean that you do feel comfortable to just have a go or at least i do um but i i think other people do too which is um yeah, it's a, it's a very a very nice environment to to be in where you don't feel like if you say something wrong, everyone's going to like you know laugh at you. I mean, sometimes <laughs> sometimes there have been times when I have had people laugh at me, but in a nice way, like you know, <laughs> um, more like a that's really cute that you said that. Um, it's like I wasn't really going for cute, but I will take it. Um, so <laughs> you know, yeah, not. Not necessarily like I, I don't think that in any way it's judgmental. I think people always appreciate that you're you're having a go, um, yeah. And and so yeah, that's always that's going to be beneficial to to anyone who who gives it a try. So talking about being laughed at, have you, to your knowledge, <laughs> made any um, slip ups or you know misunderstandings or mistakes? Oh, that- Penny, where do I even start? I, I feel yeah. like it's like daily, like all the time. <laughs> I mean, look, you're trying not to make mistakes, but I'm sure just like anybody else who's learning or has learnt uh, another language, like just it's so it's so easy all the time. You just especially when you're in a work context and you're trying to be as articulate as possible. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes you just run out of words or you just say the wrong thing or the pronunciation doesn't come out quite right or, you know, you just, I don't know, have a bit of a, a, a loss of, of brain function for a moment. Um, but it does, it happens to me all the time. And again, like I said, luckily I'm surrounded by teachers who are really great at um, being helpful about correcting me. <laughs> um, so luckily I can learn plenty from my mistakes. Oh, let's see. That's handy too. But, yeah. Um, in terms of, I guess, having French under your belt was, you know, probably one of the major reasons why you applied for the job and why you were successful in, in getting the role. Um, do you have advice or any particular tips for other language learners who are wanting to take that leap and work in an environment that's away from their native language using using their um, language skills? Mm. Um Look, I, I would just say, take the leap, go for it. Like, why not? What have you got to lose? I think if you, whether whether it is closer to home, like if you have an opportunity to use another language, you know, wherever you're currently living, whether it's in Australia or somewhere else, then go for it. Um, if you have an opportunity to go somewhere else and use another language that you've learnt um, with your with your work or for, or for pleasure or, you know, whatever your reason might be, just go and do it. I mean, yeah, what can you, what will you not get out of this <laughs> really is the situation. Yeah. It's, it's always going to be a challenge and there's going to be lots of, there's going to be slip ups along the way um, because that's inevitable. But again, there's nothing you can do except learn from it. I think like, to be honest, I, well, I love mistakes actually um, in the context of language learning. I think they're so important and I, I love as well that for so 
for so many of the mistakes that I have made, <laughs> often the the really the really memorable ones, like the really the big ones where you're like, oh, I said something wrong in front of lots of people. Or like, I think that's, that's when you really, that's when you remember the thing that you did wrong and you probably won't do it again or you might do it again, but then you'll remember that it was wrong and and you'll correct yourself. So it's like you get a step better every time you make Mm. some sort of mistake. Um, And sometimes throwing yourself into a, a challenging situation where you might have to use another language in a work context is, you know, yeah, it is hard but it might be just the push you need because it really does throw you quite in the deep end. Sink or swim. The sink or swim. But, you know, not, not sink or swim. Like if you're supported, then that's a nice thing. I mean, I feel particularly supported because I really do have a lot of teachers around me who are very willing to help um, and be very nice about my mistakes. But um, even in other contexts, you know, people don't have to be teachers around you to be understanding and, and helpful mm. about your about your language skills and, and a process of a process of learning, um, but yeah, it's those it's those really memorable mistakes that are sometimes the funniest as well, but um, that also really help you to remember, you know, new new words and, and structures that are a bit tricky. And I mean, I know that oh yeah, gosh, I've made I've made lots of mistakes. I have real trouble with um, using the formal form in the formal U form in French because mm-hmm. you just so rarely. Like outside of a, a work context for me, I've never really had to use it. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you might have to use it if you're talking about a plural, like a group of people. But again, like rarely have I ever had to talk to a group of people in French. Um, so when I started this job, um, I, you know, only actually even still now occasionally have to use the the formal form in maybe written communication. And I... I remember I sent an email not that long ago where I basically inter- by by accident like was try I was trying to use the formal you um, in this email because it was for somebody who I didn't know um, and then I accidentally put in a a, a singular you like the the um, casual sort of form um, in there somewhere along the way and afterwards someone came up to me and said oh I noticed something in your email. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no, what have I done? And they were like, actually, it was really cute though. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what was it? And they were like, no, but it's a totally understandable mistake. You know, like it's just, it's not, it's not the worst thing. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but that doesn't mean that it was, you know, the most embarrassing mistake I could have made. And now I'm a little bit more careful about when I write emails where I have to use different forms that I'm not, I'm not used to. I probably proofread just that, just that extra bit more sometimes um so is it is it commonplace and do you and your colleagues use the formal form with your superiors no, at work with your boss not no, not okay. really so um and we're a pretty small team anyway so no we don't um and that's partly why I have so much trouble with it because I g- genuinely use it quite yep. rarely um and so when I do use it I really have to think about it um yeah, okay yeah but it's you know I mean there are other little things like you know, in front of a group of people at a meeting, I said a thousand instead of a hundred and it just made the whole sentence sound funny <laughs> and everyone laughed at me, but in kind of a nice way. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, like, oh, you're ridiculous. You can't even speak French. It was, it was a, you know, again, understandable mistake. Yeah. We all get it. And, and everyone's yep. really like nice about it, but you know, you remember these things and kind of in a good way. It's very, it's positive. 
How do you talk about your language proficiency and your language skills when you're going for a job or on LinkedIn or in your CV, for example? Do you have a particular way that you describe your proficiency? Um, I have in the past. I don't know if this is the same for other people, but I find that the European standard levels are pretty, well, pretty widely known. So I tend to note them in that way on uh, on a resume because um, well again depends quite who you're who you're speaking to I suppose but in my case you know I, I'm I was applying for a job for a uh, an organization that is based in a European language so you know the, the levels of classes at my work for example are based on the European standard levels so it meant that I knew that I would be okay um expressing my my level of proficiency in what I thought it is um in that way but I think you know it's it's hard to self-assess um for language level anyway um and without having a qualification like a proficiency qualification and even then it's not always that clear you might have passed Mm. a particular certificate level um but it might have been some time since you since you did that and um you know, and, and of course, these things always go up and down. Your level of speaking might be different to your your level of proficiency reading or listening um, or writing. So I think that can be – it can be a little bit tricky, but like the main thing is to, I suppose, if you, if you have language skills that you want to be able to tell people about, note them, tell people about them, like go for it. Don't hold it back just because you don't feel like you're, you're fluent um, – like fluent in inverted commas, um, you know, tell people that you have those skills because you never know where one day something like that might come up and might be useful to you. Um, and I think if people want to know more about how, what your levels are, then you can, you know, you can be clearer about it. You can specify how long you've been studying for and maybe what experiences you've had. Um, but it's, it's important to just to yeah don't don't undersell yourself <laughs> if you've got if you've got good language skills like go for it tell people yep. about them yep. and and make yep. sure you use them because why not I reckon you're spot on Beck. I think um one of the things that that I remember having to talk a lot about though is a lot of I think maybe just because my experience is more in the Asian language side of things that sometimes people's expectations were a lot higher than actually nice. my ability was. Yeah. So they'd be like, oh, you know, you spent six months in China, so, you, you know, you're practically fluent now. Could you, you know, run this meeting for us next week? And I'm just like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, and it's true um, that like, yeah. yeah, I guess it's, it's really hard, right? Because you, you can't be certain that, like if you, if you have been learning a language in a, in a con- like it, whether it's been in a university context or even like a group you know, group class context or independently, the things that you might use language for can be totally different to, or your experience in using that language. The vocabulary you have, the structures that you've used may have like nothing to do with the things that you need to use in a workplace context. You might find that all of the, all of the regular stuff that you know um, about how to reply to work emails in a professional way um, or how to speak to somebody in a meeting actually change quite significantly when when you're at work, and 
they're not the things that you learnt in your group classes or when you were studying on your own or when you were in class at high school. Um, they're just it's just a totally different set of vocabulary, and that doesn't mean that it's insurmountable. Um, you can still do it. You just might. This is just a new section of vocabulary that you need to vocabulary and 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 you know language skills that you need to um, that you need to improve. Um, yeah. And like it's a it's a good opportunity to do that. But um, yeah, I think it's there's <laughs> there's a lot that could be said for that that kind of missing chunk of of information um for language because even as an english speaker you think about when you you know when you stopped studying and when you started working or when you started working part-time as a as a student maybe or after school like you had to learn new vocabulary for the way that you for example dealt with people in customer service or maybe a new way of writing emails to to tell someone please find attached you know it's like that's the kind of language we don't use any other time in our day except in (laughs) except in a work-related email really um so again kind of all all an opportunity but how so what was your experience of using chinese for work because you you have done that too haven't you pen I have in a different kind of situation to you, Beck. But mine was more having the opportunity to um, promote um, Australian tourism into into Asia, into China, particularly, so that I did get to do some trips and have some meetings and do some presentations um, and talk face to face with travel industry people on the ground in China and Hong Kong and Taiwan which was fantastic um so for me you know that was pretty intimidating particularly I remember one time I was in Taipei and we were doing a presentation um to this big auditorium I don't know there must have been about three or four hundred people there um and you know everyone's got fantastic microphone skills. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and do my presentation in Chinese. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and yeah, it was okay. I think you know people clapped and cheered, and <laughs> so that was that was a good feeling. That's but fantastic. I think, you know, being more one on one or one on two was yeah. is definitely more, I, I guess, you know, comfortable for me because you can go back and. Um, I guess, make sure the meaning is clear. How much did you have to prepare for that presentation? I prepared a fair bit because, um, well, I didn't want to <laughs> muck it up too much. Um, and it was only about a five-minute presentation. You know, oh, I had slides so. and things to back me up. But yeah. it was a lot of simple language, um, but things like learning, making sure I had the vocab correct for different you know, Australian animals, um, different towns and cities in Australia. You know, each they have their own Chinese names. Um, oh wow! So they weren't even they like weren't that. even similar. Were they like they had completely different Chinese names? Oh well, for example, you know, Melbourne is Moralburn. Okay. So sure. And then you know, Australia's Aldalia. Yeah. Okay. So there are some similarities, but you still kind of have to learn how to say that but then yeah. you know on the other side you, if you might say you know I don't know Geelong and then everyone's just like what the what the what, what's that we don't even know what it is let's just just say it in English it's much easier yeah. <laughs> wow I think that's so um, impressive though I mean it's so hard to get in for lots of people it's so hard to get in front of a 
a crowd anyway, but then to get in front of a crowd in another language is a huge achievement. Well, yeah, I guess I guess it is, isn't it? Just, you know, um, like you were saying before, putting yourself mm. out there a little bit and, and realising that it's all a, a learning and a development experience. Yeah. Did you make any big mistakes that you remember? <laughs> or oh, did heaps. it go Look, like super well? <laughs> no, it did not go super well. <laughs> but often I can, you know, I might say something and I hear myself saying it incorrectly and then, you know, I can correct myself. Mm. But other times that obviously doesn't happen. But like you said before, you know, just the 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 way that you, you are trying and you're putting yourself out there clearly as a learner of the language, people are pretty thrilled that you're giving it a go. And so think that goes a long way yeah absolutely oh well you've yeah I want to say congratulations again because yeah good on you that's so exciting and I just love that you you know 50 40 hours a week (laughs) hopefully not 50 hopefully not too many hours um you get to um speak in French and and hang out with all other cool Frenchies yeah no it is it is super cool and I feel very grateful because as an opportunity it's it's not necessarily one that comes up all the time to get to speak in another language that you do really enjoy speaking to so I am in that sense I feel I feel very lucky um Uh, well yeah hard work hard work and a bit of luck yeah that's it Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Language Chats. Language Chats is part of a larger project which we started called Language Lovers AU, um, where we're building a community of people who are interested in languages in Australia. So please, if you haven't already, check out our website, languagelovers.com.au, and you can subscribe to our mailing list there as well. You can also find us on Instagram at languagelovers.au and also on Facebook at languagelovers.au. Please leave us a review as well um, if you enjoyed listening to this episode as it helps other language lovers to find us too. We'll see you next time. Bye.